is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hands Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we're talking about Mad Max 2, Road Warrior. Exit music. Did you uh, guys see that at the end of the credits? I did not. I thought there was going to be a stinger. <laughs> Original stinger. Yeah, uh, 1981 was this was released. The original title was just Mad Max 2, uh, directed by George Miller, written by Terry Hayes and George Miller, starring Mel Gibson, Bruce Spence, uh, and Lord Humongous, and Vernon Wells. <laughs> that's just a given name. That, that's his name yeah. in real life, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, and the feral kid. I think he was a real person, too. I think it was mm-hmm. the same kid from Waterworld. <laughs> and Land of the Lost. <laughs> and Land of the Lost. <laughs> it was Shaka. Chaka. 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 Fuck you, Chaka. <laughs> um, all right. I nominated this movie. Uh, I did, I do not remember when I watched this. I know I didn't see it in the theater. It was something on, I'm sure it was on TV and I just picked it up over the years. And, but it was one of those that I watched and I, I enjoyed, but didn't have like, Oh, road warrior. Like I, I remember liking it and really watching it just came out, but never really got that into it. And it wasn't until, as you just mentioned, Waterworld was on. I was like, I've fucking seen this before. I was like, the, <laughs> it took me forever to figure out, oh, it's that movie with Mel Gibson. And then it's, oh, it's a Mad Max movie. So that's kind of like where I came from. I remember talking later on uh, with some friends. I think it was like Eric. And you talk about how it was his favorite movie in the world. I'm like, really? I'll go back and rewatch it. And then, yeah, I, uh, from that point on, I really liked it. And then with Fury Road coming out a few years ago, uh, I really enjoyed that, and so I was kind of afraid to go back to this, and we'll get into it to see, like, uh, does this hold up? And eh, I think it does. But that's my history with it. Uh, Alex? I remember watching this on VHS, and my dad and my uncles arguing about the title. He's like, is, is, uh, is Max enojado or Max loco? <laughs> Turns out it's both. Really? He was mad. He was mad. He was angry and crazy. <laughs> Max Local Dos. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was like unlike anything I'd ever seen, especially as a seven-year-old. Uh, I think I was like maybe at, eh, 10, 12 when I saw it. So not as impressionable as before, but I definitely shouldn't have been watching it. Uh, but I just remember just it was... Just amazing. And it got me into cars. Like, you know, Hot Wheels and stuff like that. <laughs> All right. It's Scott. So, kind of similar to, to you, Jeff. I I think I saw it on cable as a kid. And then, you know, on and off in the background. Uh, the, watching this again was the first time I sat down to watch it from beginning to end in uh, quite a long time. And, yeah, I didn't I didn't remember a lot of it. Uh, I do remember thinking, like, oh, wow, this is Fallout. (laughs) Uh, Especially Fallout 2. Um, But, yeah, I I remember how much 
like you said, you had friends that were really into it. Uh, it is has a cult status, yeah. but but I ne- you know it never gotten into my kind of viewing like that. But having watched it again, you know, I did I did enjoy it, and we'll get into more of that. Yeah, and you said Fallout, which I've never played. But what's that game? Oh, damn! I should look this up. Wasteland. It's like the thick, the animation and everything. They have like really thick lines oh, around everything. Borderlands. Borderlands. Oh yeah. When I played that, I was like, "This is Road Warrior, the video game." <laughs> yeah. Definitely the aesthetic is there. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the other movie that's really influenced these games is not only Road Warrior, but um, A Boy and His Dog, and I've never seen that movie. So I'm curious. Yeah, I'm going to watch it soon to see how how Mad Max 2 and A Boy and His Dog stack up. Yeah. Okay, and then one other thing, the original Mad Max, have you guys seen that? I'm assuming so, but... Yeah. Yes. And what's your opinions on that movie? It's a tougher watch. Mm-hmm. And it's also weird. It's almost like these three or even four Mad Max movies are all like their own independent of each other, not really directly sequels of each other. They just have like Max as the same character. Correct. They're almost like the Spaghetti with the Man with No Name trilogy, right? Where they're connected, but not really. But he's yeah. still playing the same guy. Yeah. So I'd say so. So it, it's been a long time since I saw the the first one, but I it it feels like um, something similar to like Sam Raimi, where he did the first Evil Dead, and then he did Evil Dead Two, and Evil Dead Two is the movie he really wanted to make, you know. Now that he had like some experience and a budget, well, mm-hmm. more of a budget anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a continuation, but. It's really the the story that he really wanted to tell to begin with, right? Whereas mm-hmm. now it's been forever since I've seen yeah Evil Evil Dead's and Mad Max, but Evil Dead Two was almost a remake of Evil Dead, where Mad right Max is a, pretty different than Road Warrior from what I remember. R- right? Yeah. No. They're, yeah, they're, they're completely different movies, but yeah. well, other than Vernon Wells' character, but uh, the Vernon Super- Wells was in the first one. I think he was. I could have sworn he was. Maybe I'm wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I think he's the guy that keeps talking about toe cutter. Anyway. Uh, oh, okay. The, oh. But, yeah, just, just more the the feel like you get more of... I, I, I'm, I'm doing a bad job of explaining this. So. All right, well. Yeah, and I don't think... <laughs> but Vernon Wells is not in... Uh, unless he's a minor character. He's not in the original Mad Max. But anyway, um, I think we're all kind of all mm-hmm. in agreement. Like I, I should go back and watch it and give it a chance. But I remember when I saw, it, I was like, it's, "Yeah, it's rough watch." Like you said. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, as usual, we're each going to talk about seven items from the movie, and I, I will go first. Uh, my number seven is I love. Uh, it's it's mostly the beginning of the movie, the first half, where everything you see is kind of from the distance. Very specifically, mm-hmm. when um. Max and uh, Gyro Captain are sitting on top of that butte or whatever the hell they're sitting up there on. And just, you don't know what's going on, but you're just watching from a distance like them. You don't have any other knowledge than what our characters have. And I really like that. You just see people driving, trying to jump into this 
bunker and what's going on and you see flamethrowers and people trying to escape. I really like that a lot. And you're watching it through binoculars or tel- uh, telescopes. Um, excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, telescope. Spyglass. Spyglass. <laughs> there you go. That's the word I'm looking for. A telescopic <laughs> spyglass. <laughs> there you go. Same thing. Uh, so, yeah, I just like that. Watching from a distance and, like, you're just as you know you know much as much about what's going on as Max does, and I thought that was really cool. So that's my number seven. Yeah, Alex. I like, especially as a kid, this made it very clear who the good guys were because they're all wearing white, <laughs> and they're all, they're all bright colors. I appreciate that they're all like dirty and like grimy and stuff like that, but it's very clear: good guys, bad guys. Well, Max, I, I know that's. I was going to bring that up later on is like, oh, but Max is kind of in between, but he's still wearing dark. And it, it, it leads to the, um, uh, whatchamacallit, that scene where he doesn't want to drive the rig and he just wants his, his all the juices he can carry and get out of here. And the guy's telling him, you don't belong here. You belong with all the trash out there. So that was cool. Feral K doesn't wear white. Eh, his skin is white. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, Vernon Wells' ass was white, so... <laughs> yeah, oh, that's true. <laughs> you All can right. argue that his gimp was, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, a good guy. You didn't see him do anything bad. No. Nope. He was not a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott, number seven. Number seven, uh, the, when there's exposition begin movies with narration uh, it's usually really bad but it really works in this case um, you know less of a, a recap of the, the previous story and more of a recap of the world as, as we know it um, and I think this goes back to kind of what I was saying about this is what George Miller really wanted to do because the first Road Warrior they're kind of out in the outback but it doesn't really feel like a wasteland yeah, it's still uh, pretty civilized. I mean, they have a police force for pizza. Yeah, and there's, like, green grass everywhere. And here it's it's more, uh, like, more like a desert-like wasteland setting. Uh, and this sets that up about, okay, this is... The, the world's basically over as everybody's known it. And this is why... And this is why uh, fuel is so important. And I thought they did a good job with... Uh, breaking that all down, setting up the world without getting too tedious with it. Oh, that's my number seven. Wouldn't it be pretty fucked up if it was just Australia that was like that? <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the world is like, man, that was a really hell of a world war. <laughs> Should we give any aid to Australia? Nah. <laughs> they saw what was going on there. They're like, no, oh, they'll be fine. Have you heard about some of the spiders they have there? No thanks. Yep. <laughs> They're humongous. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> all right well we're on to my number six and my number six is was well, alex kind of mentioned it but not for it's the whole good versus bad thing it's just the wardrobe of the bad guy and the good guy is just ridiculous the girl's <laughs> headbands and stuff and her hair is awful but more ridiculous is lord humongous and fern wells and what the hell is she got football pads on and some form of hockey helmet i don't know what the heck they're wearing oh yeah um you know, we've got to be these assless chaps and 
feathers and I it's awesome. It's the the goggles. They do nothing. No, they the do nothing. <laughs> the, the fighter goggles. Uh, it's just it, it's it shouldn't work, but it does, <laughs> and I really like it. Lord Humongous has got his hockey mask on or whatever the hell he's wearing. Yeah, Jason. Yeah, and he's in some bondage leather outfit, looking like fucking. I don't mm-hmm. know what, what up there. Like there, daddy. there, there is, <laughs> there, there is definitely a current of uh, BDSM running through that entire gang. Yeah, we'll get into that. I'm sure a little more as we go along here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just thought it was just it's just, it's bizarre. It shouldn't work, but it does, and I and I loved it. And then Max is, <laughs> I guess compared to all that, Max doesn't look as bad. Even though I don't know why he has one shoulder pad, and. uh it keeps his jacket together, probably ripped open or something. Yeah. Mm. So. And then, like I said, the good guys with their white padded, quilted, whatever they're wearing, and the girls in their headbands and hairdos. And... <laughs> For some reason, only the feral kids wearing, like, loincloths and stuff. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. I bet I bet they just found the kid. I, I do, I do, so... Honorable mention out of the way. I do like how it, it turns out that it's the kid doing the narration. Yeah. So, like, some point, somebody teaches him Spoilers. how to speak. <laughs> he becomes a leader yeah. of the great northern yeah. tribe. Yeah. Yeah, him and John Connor teamed up and mm-hmm. stopped the Terminator. <laughs> All right, Alex, number six. My number six is not only with the intro... But they set up like how important gasoline is in this desolate world. Uh, that first car chase was freaking awesome. And then when you see like one of the other cars dripping, Max like hurries up and he goes gets the the pans and stuff to get as much gas as he can because he's also running out of fuel. So that whole thing, plus the narration, and everything really sets up the world and how important gasoline is. Like there's no question about it. Because in the first one, uh, like we've talked about before, you couldn't even tell that there's a shortage of anything, really. I mean, his spoiler alert, it, the wife and kid die in the first one of Max. They're out getting ice cream and stuff. I forgot about that. I mean, I know they everything dying, but I forgot they were getting ice cream. Yeah, they were getting ice cream, walking around and everything, and then the gang gets them. But, yeah, it's like civil. It was, I mean, it was sparse and everything. There wasn't that many people, but it was still like some sort of civilization. So the way that they set up the gas, like gas is gasoline is life, in this movie was great. Yeah, I do like that a lot. A little bit more to say about that. But I, agree. I like it a lot. A lot. Scott, number six. All right, my number six is the we kind of mentioned him, but uh, Wes's. Uh, I don't I don't know what else to call him, but the road punk. <laughs> His nice. his road slave, uh, Bennett. He just he never says anything. It's just kind of weird to see him at first, like right in the back there with the, with, with the. What so at, there's assless chaps? What do you call that for uh, a chess piece? Because it wasn't a vest. <laughs> a chestless vest. A chestless vest. Okay, there you go. Uh, uh, yeah. He's there. He's he's obvious. Like what his role is. And then uh, he gets killed in an awesome way. But... Yeah. <laughs> He's not even moving. But I think that was, like, the first really weird, like, 
touch that that Miller put in this movie. Uh, yeah, they they had kind of like the pseudo apocalyptic. Yeah, can't talk. <laughs> Post-apocalyptic punk thing going. There it is. But then they they throw in the the again the 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 Mr. Slave thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just a, a weird touch, uh, but I, I think it adds to the world. It does. Yeah. To do what you can to survive. All right. Uh, my number five. I have random dirt dirt bike exhibitions. Like there's some <laughs> montages where they're just like doing burnouts and donuts with their dirt bikes. I was like, eh, gasoline's so important. I don't know if she would just. <laughs> doing donuts in the desert. Uh, so it was like, yeah, it was, it's, but I guess it's part of the, it's just showing how the gang is. I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, just exhibitions of random dirt bricks. Like, I always swear, like, the what I, what I did remember from this show, I think it is when Max is looking down on him and just a dude in a dirt bike, like, just trying to jump into the compound and just getting torched and stuff. And shot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matt, Road Royer should be a, uh, Road Warrior. I don't always say that funny. Road Warrior should be a stunt show at uh, Universal. Oh, for fuck's awesome. sake, they still have Water Water World. World, I was going to say. They have <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, random dirt bike exhibitions. It's, uh, it's not quite up there with 80s feats of strength, but there's, uh, I mean, there's dirt bikes in a lot of movies in the 80s. Like, Karate Kid, for fuck's sake, there's dirt bikes. So, I don't know what's going on there. Mm-hmm. All right, Alex, number five. My number five, I thought it was a small C, but it was like touching where um, Max meets the Pharaoh kid for the first time. He's like smiling as he's got his boomerang full of gore. <laughs> he's like, ah. <laughs> and then he puts it away. And Max, you know, kind of befriends him when he takes out the tiny this uh, the music box out of its shell. So it's just the, the mechanic, the uh, metal pieces, the mechanics of the music box. And he gives it to him. I th- it was nice. Yeah. It's very touching. The heart and Feral Kid is the heart and soul of this movie. <laughs> Which, you know, sets up him trying to always be with Max. Yeah. When in, in, But Max you know, does some child labor laws when he has him climb <laughs> in the front of the car to get the bullet. Get the bullet, bullet. That's the most he says, like, the entire movie in that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like more dress combined, yeah. <laughs> All right, Scott, number five. All right, my number five is the the Tog Toy Shotgun. I completely forgot <laughs> about that. <laughs> I almost put that on my list. <laughs> it made me laugh. Uh, I <laughs> like that whole scene. Um, Bruce Spence uh, does a good job here. Is the the weird comic relief, uh, but especially when he's tied up and he's got the shotgun pointing at him and. The Max looks over at one point and just kind of smirks, and then you know eventually learned that it wasn't actually loaded. Uh, but it's dishonest. Yeah, but still, just that that whole idea, uh, I really liked. Um, and you get more use out of the dog, uh, who arguably is the real hero in this movie. Yeah, I forgot, and mm-hmm. he gets killed. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah poor bastard. That was like poor. that was before. Before Blockbuster, like the 90s Blockbusters, because it's 81, obviously. But, uh, you know, when that rule, that unwritten rule went in when you can't kill dogs. So you get, like, the bullshit scene from, like, ID4. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, on to my number four now, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I love that so much of the stuff that's not explained. So, like, what, you know, like you mentioned, the whole Mr. Slave thing with Wes on the leash. He cuts him over and, you know, releases his mad dog. The people tied to the front of the cars. Why they're all, we already why they're all dressed like this. Like, I just love that. Like, I, I still don't even know. Like, in Fury Road, Max is one of those guys tied to the front of the car. And he's a blood bag for some people. But I don't know. In this movie, do they, do we know what they are? Are they good guys? Are they slaves? Yeah. Or are they? I thought they no, were they're... captured. Yes. Mm. You know how you saw two sets of cars go in different directions? Because yeah. they're trying to find a rig to carry all that the tanker gasoline, right, right. But all of them get captured, and so okay. that was I think what's his face the the leader says that there's eight people missing. So that was like they captured they killed the the other two that Max found and then they captured the other ones I guess. Okay, and so either they're dead or alive, but they just they just use them in front as weapons mm-hmm. of war or whatever. Yeah. Like to, Fear tactics. Yeah. Fear is our greatest weapon. <laughs> so I don't know. I just love that how so much so much of the stuff is not explained. You just okay, I'm in I'm in for the ride. So, yeah. That, that's my number four. Alex. My number four is all the fucking cars. So cool. All like mangled up and customed. And some of them are not just like that red Chevy that's like carved out <laughs> on the back. Because it seems like it was one of those that was uh, that had a full frame camper on the back, but they just carved it out to make it a pickup. But that pink uh, 57 Chevy <laughs> that was raised up on wheels, that was amazing. And the dude that was with the uh, cop helmet and the bat painted on the hood of his car, that car is pretty badass. Not to mention yeah. Max, Max's car. Yeah. Okay. Fucking sweet. I feel like there was like at least two, if not three, dudes that were dressed up like cops, sort of. Yeah, well, when one dies, another one takes his place. Yeah. <laughs> he just gets his jacket. Ah, I'm the cop guy now. <laughs> yeah, that car, plus the the, the one-seater car that's kind of like a dune buggy that ends up being the, the death of what's-his-face. Humongous's car, like you said, with the two uh, bodies and then corpses <laughs> yeah. on the front. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's just... just... So it's like if you think about it, it's like what was it, wacky racers? <laughs> yeah, but everybody's got their own car. <laughs> dialed up to eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, Scott, number four. All right, so my number four, uh, and we kind of talked about this, but the the overall setting, uh, a lot of it has to do with what you said, Jeff. Right? They don't really explain anything, but you don't need to know, like right. And I think that's that's what happens when you set up a um, a strong uh, world to, to to have your plot and characters inhabit. Uh, George Miller does a really good job with that. Um, you know, and again, obviously, in Fury Road, uh, with many many years down the down the no pun intended road. Uh, yeah, just the whole setting. Uh, this is. Uh, you know, post-apocalyptic, but without getting too crazy with it. I mean, obviously, there's some bad shit, insane stuff going on, but it's not 
like Matrix level or um, something recent, uh, like Book of Eli. I don't know if you guys saw that one. Uh, I have not. Where the the whole world is basically just pockets of humanity. Um, this shows that like okay, this, like people are spread out and shit's going on, but it's not super crazy. You know, people are just looking for fuel and, and trying to survive. Uh, and I think it works given especially the smaller budget this had uh, and the smaller scale. And, uh, yeah, I, I really like the setting of this. Me too. Yeah. And that will lead to my number three. I love how this movie starts out with the desperation of you just have to like the gas, right? The guy... The car flips over. The first thing he does is go there and just try to save the leaking gas, right? He's putting dishes under there, um, mm-hmm. eating to the dog food. Just by a few scenes like that, that's all you need to know. Like, okay, shit's dire. Where they're, they're literally eating dog food, and then the guy wants scraps, dog food scraps, and he's, he's trying to get that. I just think that was awesome. You just That's all you need. Mm-hmm. Hey, on a side note, isn't it weird how in TV commercials and stuff they try to make the dog food look delicious for humans? <laughs> so we'll buy it for our dogs. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's just bizarre. <laughs> it's not because, ooh, I want some. But... Oh, man, that's delicious. Oh, dog food, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> yeah, I... Wet dog food, whenever I smell that, I want to barf. <laughs> barf. Barf. I'm a mug. All right, uh, Alex, number three. My number three is Lord Humongous. He's so menacing. And like you said, there's like maybe clues to his backstory, but probably not. And how did he get those pulsing veins <laughs> on the back of his head? How did he get like this? Was he just born like this? Uh, his voice is awesome. Just walk away. <laughs> Leave the guests and walk away. We will spare your lives. Just the way he talks, his cadence. So, yeah, his voice uh, doesn't match his body. Yeah, it doesn't. Is it, it's, he's, he's Bane. He's fucking Bane. Before yeah. Bane. It's very pedantic. Mm-hmm. With the weird uh, Norwegian... <laughs> I, I do like that they... they I, I, maybe, I don't know if it was the same actor doing the voice, but the if, if, if they just went with the Norwegian voice and it was just some random Australian dude, like that's even better. <laughs> yeah. But there's like one the same as like a Darth Vader scenario where they let him do both. That's cool too. Mhm. So uh, his his real name might be Lucius, because that's what he said. That's what Wes says to him. He's like, Lucius, wait. Oh, I don't. I don't remember that. You didn't catch that? I caught no. that. I was like, is his real name Lucius? Like, are they that close of friends? Like, oh, I wouldn't call them friends exactly. Well, right. <laughs> There's obviously yeah, maybe uh, it was a, a a a tier system. Like uh, Wes had his own gimp, but uh, Wes is Humongous's gimp. <laughs> they got the whole train going. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's awesome. And plus, and that gun, that like pristine, like Magnum, yeah, that we'll, he has. We'll talk amazing. About, we'll talk more about that. Okay, then I'll <laughs> leave it at that. All right, well, then uh, Scott, number three. Number three is Wes on a Chain. Right. <laughs> that made me laugh out loud when I saw it, but not because I thought it was funny, but it's just like, that is so out there, and I love it. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> like you know, akin to Fury Road when the the the, the bass guitar, or the bass player, or whatever, is shooting off flames from the front <laughs> of the. Like it's like that's just fucking awesome. That's just a cool idea. Um, and then you know what I, I didn't remember, you know, a lot about the movie, so I didn't know <laughs> that some guy was gonna have to. Like, I thought it was really weird when the guy jumps off the car to jump on there. I'm like, why is he doing that? That doesn't make any sense. And then he's got the bolt cutters. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, it's still, like, very inefficient. <laughs> but he's literally being let off his leash. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just love that whole concept. Yep. Disobedient pup. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, we're on to my number two then. And my number two is I couldn't, Eventually, I was going through and saying, like, oh, I love Wex. I love Humongous. I love Feral Kid. I love Gyro Captain. I love Mac. So, no, I just have all the characters. That's my number two. I think of the characters we meet, of the main ones, they're all memorable. Because I will say, going back, not watching this in forever, I still know. I may not know their names, but I remember, you know, Vernon Wells and Humongous, Feral Kid, Gyro Captain. Um, everything we just talked about, Lord Humongous, his physical uh presence but yeah his calm <laughs> voice that doesn't match crazy vernon wells uh feral kid is just on a world of his own and uh i mean gyro captain bruce spence is is amazing especially like the shots where it's like he's in the gyrocopter and it just shot he's looking down it just uh, he's just such <laughs> the a blade is not spinning fast enough to hold him up in the air <laughs> yeah it's like oh. hey, you can't fly with that <laughs> with that uh, spinning RPMs, I, I just picture like some of the not exactly guerrilla filmmaking they had to do because they're in the Australian outback, so they could do whatever the fuck they wanted. But like the, the like all those helicopter shots, it's like, well, we've got a helicopter for a week. <laughs> Let's make the most out of it, boys. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make the most out of it, boys. Well, I like when Max so he takes. You know, he offers to go, or he makes the deal to go get the the rig, and he so he finds, well, he brings, uh, or he finds Bruce Benz, has him carry the gasoline to the to the helicopter, and then it's just like one shot of the, of the helicopter flying, and then they're at the rig. You're like, yeah, that's all we're getting out of this. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, just him. He his little bizarre maneuver to capture Max at the very beginning, just burying himself in the sand, like. Hell, why are you you're just waiting in the underground with the snake and all that stuff and tissues up your nose? What the hell? It was awesome. It worked, kind of. It did, but like, how long was he waiting for there dog. for? <laughs> Hopefully not that long, but probably so, a while. So this won't mean anything to, to you, Jeff, but uh, uh, Bruce Spence went on to play Zedekus Zarander. In the, oh, the yeah, sort of truth the TV, sort of truth TV, TV series. series. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he's he was also a... the mouth of Sauron. Oh, yeah, and only uh, in the special edition. Yeah, it was a special edition, and then also minor character in Revenge of the Sith, in Star Wars. Yes, yeah. he's got that weird makeup. He's the stripy alien. Yeah, as like he's like the corduroy alien. Yeah. And also in the Matrix, there's a little time where he came back and he was in a bunch of shit for uh, all those popular movies. Yeah, uh, yeah. But anyway, all the main characters and Max himself, 
I, I forgot. I knew he didn't say much. But man, he says very little. Like, yeah. And and what's his face in the new movie? It's just the same. I I, I both yeah. of them didn't speak at all. I just thought a little bit more than that, but no, it's very little. I mean, if you it wasn't very hear him go, "Hi, Roach." Yeah, hi, Roach. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't for we that scene where he's yelling at the kid to go get the shell. Like, <laughs> it would have almost been nothing bullet, at all. You know, bullet, bullet, yeah. go get it. That was the deal. I made the deal. We got some lead. High octane. Get out of here. You talk yeah. to me. <laughs> My days of fuel. You know, high octane gasoline. Gasoline. <laughs> oh, the C. You got you to gotta put the sound in there. Gasoline. Yeah, it's gasoline. Um, all the juice I can carry. Yeah, there you go. Carry. So anyway, all the characters. That's my number two. Alex. My number two is, it blew me away when I was a kid. The, the fake out. Spoiler alert. The whole yep. tanker that Max was driving and everything was just full of dirt. It didn't seem like Max even knew, right? He didn't know. I don't think he did, but I'm not sure. I was going to ask you guys about that. Because he seemed like kind of surprised when he went over there, and he, it was like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't like, mad about it or anything. Like, he wasn't mad Max about it. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe that's how he got his name. <laughs> yeah, damn it. <laughs> well, the movie were... definitely makes it seem like he was surprised. Right. Yeah. Okay. But were the other people that were set up on this pretty much a suicide mission. <laughs> That's true. Did the lady know? Did the uh, wheelchair guy, paraplegic guy know? No, they would have known. Because they would have helped, helped haul that shit onto those vehicles. Yeah. All the tanks. So they're the real heroes then. Yeah, they sacrificed yeah. themselves. Except for that wheelchair, the paraplegic guy. He was on fire for like five minutes and the girl came over to help him, gets killed, and then he pulls out the sack of water to put himself out. He's like, what? Why didn't you do that in the first place? It's like, no, I'm good. I'm burning. I'm yeah. all right. Oh, I'll save her life now that she's hanging off the side of the truck with an arrow stuck in her abdomen. So, and now we're both So there. it was kind of a dick move on their part because they were like wanted him to sacrifice himself too. No, he was adamant about getting on the truck. Well, before that. Oh, you mean Max? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's because he was expendable. Yeah, and he kind of... I mean, even though it was part of the deal, he was willing to leave them high and dry with after with just his high-octane gasoline. Right, but he didn't. Yeah. He wasn't like... He, he's very straightforward with what he was about. Yeah. And the, and the other guy was like, oh, blah, 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 like, you could be better than this. And then I'm going to go ahead and lie to you about what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do up there but breed. They tried to tempt him. I thought yeah. I thought he said breathe. <laughs> Did he really say breed? Yeah. Hmm. Makes more sense. <laughs> I thought it was breathe too, actually. But breed makes more sense. <laughs> Come on, guys. Why? What? Get your heads. Get your minds in the gutter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Scott, number two. All right. Number two is Lord Humongous. Uh, yeah. we, we've talked a bit about him already. and uh, Just again, that, that whole very pedantic way that he speaks, uh, just the way out of place Norwegian accent, uh, it just raises a lot of questions about the character. 
which never go answered, and he doesn't really need to, but it's still interesting. Um, his whole getup <laughs> with the the like welded the the hockey mask is not welded, but like built into the leather straps around his neck, and then the pulsing in the back of his head. He's like yeah, some like Jason Voorhees. Back yeah, he's there. like some kind of mutant. Yeah. <laughs> like I gotta think it's yeah, like it, it's like some kind of mutation I, or something. Or maybe it's kind of like Fist of the North Star, where that all that that whole rig is just keeping its head together. Maybe. Like something happened, and that's all keeping his head, his brain from exploding. Maybe, yeah. yeah. And then he's got the the Desert Eagle <laughs> with the with the scope and the bullets in the case. The pristine case word. Uh, you can see why he's in charge. <laughs> yeah. Not only is he indeed humongous, but uh, he he's able to to reason to think things through. Uh, except at the end. Except yeah. the end. That was not the best plan. <laughs> I know. No. It was just being bad. He was bad about getting lit on fire. Well, I mean, once you hit the turbo, you can barely control the car anywhere. Yeah. So I don't think he necessarily meant to plow into him, but. Anyway, so Lord Humongous cool. is a uh, <laughs> instantly recognizable character once you've seen this movie. Uh, yeah, so that gun case is so cool, and it's got an old timey picture. It's like, did he inherit this? Did he steal this from somebody? It's awesome. You don't know. That's, I think he stole it. So that is the he only took it off a corpse. Yeah. So that is the only gun that they have. Yeah. That's why he's in charge. Like firearm, I should say. Like those. Yeah, they're all bolts, shift, or like or, uh, uh, pressurized bolt air. Yeah. With arrows and stuff like that. Yeah. And then Max has a gun. So those are the only two guns in the movie. Oh yeah, I, I think, think so. so. Yeah. Hmm. All right, uh, on to our number ones, and mine, Alex, was Alex's number two. Is I love the ending. I love this the bait and switch and. Not, you know, obviously the bad guys didn't know what was going on, but the fact that Max didn't really know what was going on, at least that's how I understood it to be. And, uh, nah, just really thought that was a cool little twist. This night long, exact, and it just a cool, you know, chase scene and everything that's going on. Uh, but yeah, at the end, you find out that, yeah, the, the Max's plan might not have worked, but the, <laughs> the good guy's plan worked and they're, uh, going off. And then the, the other people who went into the fort got blown up by the booby trap and, yeah, that was cool. Oh, we don't need this set anymore, and I don't want to clean it up. <laughs> <laughs> and then just the end, like I said, I'm in the group in the chat. Lord Humongous is, uh, yeah, just not a very good tactical guy when his plan is just ram straight forward into it. I don't. Know. You said maybe he was he couldn't control it, but I don't know what else he was going to do. Just fly right by it, like I don't. Know. <laughs> or jump out of the car because that that did manage to derail the whole thing. Uh, um, but yeah. The ending with the double cross and all that. I loved it. So that's my number one, Alex. Uh, my number one is the whole chase at the end. I mean, this this thing had a lot of Carmageddon going on, but that ending was amazing. And it goes from bright day to, like, sunset, so they must have been driving for hours on that chase. It's incredible. With all the cool cars going in and out, everything getting crushed, side swipes here and there, plus Max... Like getting clawed in the shoulder while he's fending off some other guys and shooting his. He blasted that guy in the face. 
like he, I think he only shot the gun like what three times, like for real when it wasn't a dud. He shot the dude in the face, and then he shot another guy, and then the one on the roof, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Then all the bullets fly out. Just awesome, and a good death by Wes and Lord Humongous. Like that crash at the end was incredible. <laughs> you could actually see it. I think it was like a T bone or something with like red meat flapping on it, like as it was flying by in slow motion. I saw something too. I yeah, didn't know what gross. that was. Yeah, well, the body part. <laughs> Ugh, something <laughs> spleen flying out of him. It just adds to like how uh, Scott mentioned earlier how he feels like this was what. George Miller wanted to do in the first one. I think Fury Road is what he wanted to do in this one. Just like, I want all car chase. Mm -hmm. I feel like there wasn't enough of that. (laughs) I don't think think anybody walked away from from Mad Max 2 going, eh, can he use more car stuff? Yeah, I know. (laughs) Except for George Miller was like, like, fuck that shit. Fuck that shit, mate. (laughs) I gotta have more car chase. Car chases. I'm going to make the movie about a talking pig, and then I'm going to get the money to make Fury Road. <laughs> I'm like Happy Feet. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, did he do those movies? Yeah. Wow. He did, he did Babe. I know that. So this is this what is about Babe, Pig in the City. So this, so just looking at his his uh, director credits here. So, Mad Max, Mad Max Two, some couple TV show. He did like an episode of Twilight Zone, uh, Beyond Thunderdome. Uh, Tina Turner <laughs> music video, The Witches of Eastwick. <laughs> oh, really? That was him, huh? Yeah, wow. Lorenzo Zoyle. And then Babe, Pig in the City, Happy Feats 1 and 2, and then Fury Road. Yeah. You know that he was going to do a Justice League movie um, right before the writer's strike happened, so it never got off the ground. Ah, boo. Oh, damn. Yeah. Oh, all Batman car chases. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Batmobile <laughs> souped up to 11. All right, um, I don't know where we're at now. Scott number one. Scott number one. Uh, I have the same number one as Alex, the the final. I, I don't I don't think you call it a car chase, but <laughs> uh, final sequence of car violence. I think it's a good way to put it. Basically, all the things Alex mm-hmm. said. Uh, it just... Very tense, wondering what's going to happen to each one of these goons as they approach the the car. Uh, you have the two people on, on top. We actually get we're getting gotten rid of pretty early into the the sequence, and yeah. then uh, yeah, you go from there wondering how Max is going to get out of all this. He's way outnumbered, with no help really, other than the kid. And yeah. then yeah, it ends into the the reveal. It's all, and the reveal's cool too. Yeah, mm-hmm. the 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 chase slash car violence is my number one. <laughs> Everybody, I like the the so the sad, disappointed faces of all the gang members just going, "Oh man!" Like the four or five <laughs> just, that are left. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I thought they were gonna go over to the at least go to the uh, what you call it to the semis gas tanks and take whatever was left, but. Yeah, they all left. They're all way too disappointed. That's true. I guess they could have... Yeah, Savage. Mm-hmm. But, but at that point, who cares? Yeah. Actually, I just thought about that right now. Not while I was watching the, the movie. Because I was like, oh, poor guys. All they wanted was some gas. 
<laughs> oh man. All right. Uh, that's it. Any honorable mentions? Oh yes, that warrior uh, lady for the good guys with the perfectly crimped hair for whatever reason. Um, she is actually the blue lady from Farscape, and not the childlike empress that Scott has been saying for all these years. <gasps> what the hell are you what? talking about? Every time we talk about a never-ending story, he's like, oh, the childlike empress, you know, that's the blue lady from Farscape. I've never said that once. I think you have. I've never, ever, that those words have <laughs> never, that thought has never entered my head, those words have never left my mouth. <laughs> I don't know well, where you, you came up with that idea. <laughs> well, now you know. Why? Why would I possibly say that? They don't even look alike. Why would you say that, Scott? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you just making, you're making stuff up, Alex? <laughs> Except for that tidbit is true. <laughs> the right. rest of it is made up. <laughs> so, no, I, I, so it is, it is the Zahn or whatever from Farscape? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. I know Bruce Spence was at least on an episode of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all Aussies in that chair. Boy. What? So, Never Ending Story came out in 1980-something. This came out before <laughs> then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way I would have said that. No, I heard it from somebody, though. Okay. And I'm like, I don't know who said this, but instead of that, I'll just say Scott did it. Damn it. Watch me freak out. <laughs> and I'm glad uh, you did, you silly son of a bitch. <laughs> um, my one honorable mention is the fast motion stuff. Like, the, the driving away yeah. really quick, and you can tell the film has been sped up, or Feral Kid flipping and catching his boomerang, and... Yeah, that was a cool chainmail. And then doing a backflip for no reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Tony trying to catch the boomerang. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Everyone laughed at him. Yeah, and then nobody wanted to get him in this truck. Does, doesn't like give him a ride. <laughs> doesn't like Humongous tell him no. Like, don't do it. <laughs> like somebody yells out, like, don't do it. Yeah, I think it was Humongous. <laughs> he cares. He's a he's a, a leader that cares about his gang. He does. No, don't do it. Uh, all right. Uh, let's rate Be still, it on... my toady. <laughs> let's rate it on a scale of one to seven, as usual. One being absolute garbage, seven being perfection. And, ah, uh, this is so tough for me. I know. I feel you. I'm going to have to give it a six, just because I was afraid. I was really afraid to watch this after seeing Fury Road. Because I have not seen it since. And it's just as good as I remember. And it holds up for being a movie from 81. Um, Mel Gibson doesn't ruin it. You know, all this stuff because it's barely him. He doesn't even look like him. He doesn't barely he doesn't even talk. I, I, I'm giving it a six just for it's... We kept talking about how bizarre it is and they set stuff up. So, yeah, six for me. Alex. Yeah, this is an easy six. It's almost a seven. If it wasn't for the 80s wardrobe that everybody, all the good guys were wearing, that took me out of it. Plus the warrior ladies, as I mentioned before, her perfectly crimped hair. <laughs> and the headbands and everything. All that stuff was, was like, it took me aback. It's like, even every time I watched it, I was like, what? So if it wasn't for that, this movie would be a seven, I think. 
All right. Scott. Yeah. Um, so like Jeff said, it's, it's interestingly weird. Uh, it's one of the better post-apocalyptic settings. Um, I couldn't help but see again all of the, the Fallout uh, homage yeah. in, in this. Um, some, I, you know, this time around I can start to really see where some of the, the cult stuff was coming from, the cult following. Uh, so yeah, I'll also give it a six. Alright. The double score. All right, and so for our crossover topic this week, we're doing uh, movies, references, uh, or TV shows, video games, where there's a resource shortage. And that's a hard word to say. Hard two words to say. So this one, one, obviously, there's gasoline is is on short supply, along with pretty much everything else. Um, So yeah, we're talking about movies where that either happens or the whole movie is based off of it and i had a really hard time with this list so i'm gonna go right off because i can't i don't like to include the movie that we're talking about luckily someone made a movie that was just like this movie called Waterworld, and that's my number five because <laughs> you like that movie so, so much yes mm-hmm. uh, i did honestly i i remember actually enjoying that movie because it's like this movie. It's not nearly as good, but for an adventure movie and everything, I did like it. Now, I haven't seen it since it came out. Probably won't like it as much, but um, yeah. I don't... So in that one, I'm trying to remember. I know there's a shortage of water, ironically. In... <laughs> is it just water or is gasoline also a shortage? Too? I think that one's like everything, but mostly water and gasoline, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, I just remember at one point, Kevin Costner has to drink his own pee, and he runs it through a little... I don't know. Still suit. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, still suit. <laughs> so World's my number five. Alex. My number five is an even worse movie than that, which is In Time, starring Justin Timberlake, where time was the scarcity. Okay. Go on. It's this, they set up this whole futuristic world. It's a dystopian future where everybody stops aging at 25. So you have Justin Timberlake looking 25. You have his mother, who's in her 50s, that's also looking 25, which is really bizarre. Uh, <clears throat> but everybody has a timer on their skin. Like, you can see the LED screen just straight up on their skin, and that's their time. And when, if it reaches zero, then you you die. That's how people die. It's just by running out of time, not because they age or anything like that. Isn't that uh, – I, I know you're talking about I never saw it. Isn't Logan's Run similar? Like, you reach a certain age, they're going to kill you? Yeah. Uh, well, they... No, this one, you get to a certain age and you're immortal. But you you have a set time. If you don't get your time refilled, then you just run out and you die. Okay. So, so like, rich like rich people have, like, 50 million years on their arm and, and whatnot. In, in Logan's Run, I don't think they knew that okay. that was, like, death. At 30, yeah. They just knew that they had to renew, but if they ran, then they would be killed. All right, Scott, number five. Yeah. Number five is The Matrix. Uh, so in this case, um, <laughs> the, yeah. the machines have done it to themselves, but they've run out of energy sources. And it's, 
and so have to use humans. Um, and thus, the whole Matrix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, that's it. I like it. All right, um, my number four. I had. To, I've never seen this movie. I had a really hard. I had a really hard time with this list, and I was trying to think of like movies where there was scarce oxygen, scarce water, scarce food, and and it, Soylent Green. Oh, that's my number two. Is it? Yeah. All right, then it counts. Then I'll I let you talk about it. Because I know Soylent Green is people. <gasps> Spoiler alert! I've never seen it. I spoiled it for myself. Damn it. What if the secret ingredient is people? Oh, they already have that. It's called Soylent Cola. <laughs> How's it taste? It depends from person to person. <laughs> um, all right, I'll let you talk more about that. So that's my number four. Oh, thank you. Alex, number four. My number four is also Waterworld. <laughs> and I just put down the scarcity is land. That's true, too. Yeah, yeah there's no land anyway. Except that one spot. Um, all right, Scott, number four. Okay, my number four is Snowpiercer. Um, you, could, you could chalk this yeah. up to a couple things. Uh, heat, <laughs> warmth. Uh, but in the, over the course of the movie, um, it's more about food than anything else. Uh, but yeah, the, basically, the people in the back of the train uh, are desperate for for food and then horrible I've things gotten, happen I've never gotten through that movie I've tried twice and it just didn't get me it's it's yeah, a weird same. movie it's, I mean I saw the whole thing but after what, after the whole thing I was like eh alright then uh, we're on to my number three which was Alex or Scott's number five in the Matrix um, yeah needed power eating humans <laughs> You got to have power. Uh, so we were talking about that. So yeah. Scott, Alex, number three. My number three is, as Scott mentioned, Fallout. The first one, to be precise, oh. because the scarcity in that one is water. water. Yeah, damn it. You need to go find a water chip, or else the your vault is gonna die. Yeah, the best part about that is in Fallout Two. You find a vault <laughs> that's like has oh you can vault yeah you oh you can vault. You find a uh, <laughs> you find a storage and, and you find a different vault with a, a huge storage room that's wall to wall with these water chips, and your character <laughs> walks in and says, "You don't know why, but seeing this room infuriates you." <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I've started playing Fallout a bunch of times and gotten like just hung up on stuff halfway through, and not wanting to finish one of these days I gotta just sit down and play through all of Fallout cause it's enjoyable it's cool it's humorous good writing Indeed. that kind of reminds me of the what's that Ark of the Covenant <laughs> sure pretty sure pretty sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> alright um Scott number three yeah okay so my number three is uh Jeff mentioned air earlier oxygen uh, Total Recall. Uh, so Earth is fine. I think the shortage was cornflakes in that one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Earth, Earth is doing just fine. Mars, not so much. Uh, there, there is an, an air shortage. Um, fuck! I just thought of a movie. Uh, I want to change my list. Don't, here. don't say it. Damn it! Yeah, don't say it. 
All right, I'm changing my list. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> so uh, Total Recall. Um, Egan, give these people air. Yep. I'll be back home in time for cornflakes. In the future, <laughs> cornflakes is like high class. It's like Taco Bell and Demolition. Yeah, Demolition. <laughs> it's a <laughs> scarcity. So only the rich can get it. Yeah, that's a good. One. I did not think of uh, Total Recall yeah, for nice. lack of oxygen because my number two features lack of oxygen, and that would be Spaceballs the movie. <laughs> Damn it, that's amazing. <laughs> I have that on my list too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Spaceballs, the movie, lack of oxygen, gets the code to get to, to, to suck all the air out. You know you know the story. So. She's Spaceballs. gone from suck to blow. Uh, uh, the rich, powerful uh, Scrooge is drinking Perry air. Not drinking, snorting, sniffing, <laughs> yeah. breathing, whatever. Um, so yeah, that's my number two. Alex. My number two is Soylent Green. <laughs> I think this is might be I, I saw this movie like at the right age where I kind of understood what was going on with the social commentary and everybody going through shortages and that was a post-apocalyptic uh, or at least a dystopian future where it was like martial law everywhere and it really hit home when there was that big line of people and the mom with a sick kid like pulled out a gun just to get like a gallon of water like that hit home and then uh the the big reveal at the end when he found out that Soylent Green is like, oh, Soylent Yellow is like nutritious in this, Soylent Red is for that, but Soylent Green is the most nutritious, and you should really get this. And everybody was like touting the, the miracle that Soylent Green was, which was a food ration, if you haven't seen the movie. It turns out it was made of people. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but yeah. I love I, that movie hasn't aged well. <laughs> I don't think, <laughs> but it's it's got a soft spot in my heart. All right, Scott, number two. All right, my number two is from a Vidge game, Final Fantasy VII. Oh, uh, damn it! In this case, the it's good uh, Mako Mako how you pronounce mm-hmm. it, uh, is basically what uh, this huge corporate multi or global corporation is using to, to power everything. Um, and it turns out that it's actually like the planet's like life energy and causes horrible shit to start happening. Um, and I won't go into the whole plot, but uh, yeah, there's definitely a, a Mako shortage in the movie. Uh-oh. Yes. Better I mean, I mean the video game, that is, not the movie. Right. That's a good one. I should have thought of that. Me too. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Number Uh one, and I'm pretty sure you guys won't have this on your list. Mine is the lack of humpback whales in Star Trek IV Voyage Home. Damn. Damn it. That's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Resource shortage of whales. Mm -hmm. There'll be whales in here, Captain. (laughs) Yeah, I, I'm done with the accents today because I can't do a good one. Uh, yeah, Star Trek Four. I don't know. We have never done. Have we done any Star Trek movies? Yeah, we did Wrath of Khan. We did oh, Wrath we did at some point. I don't know if it was when we changed formats. I'm adding Star Trek. Nice. One V. Viger. Right. 
No, not we're doing the movie. That one's terrible. But we'll do Star Trek <laughs> 4. Beecher. It's too uh, sci-fi for you, bro. Yeah, it is. Okay, uh, yeah. They're, they need whales, so they have to go back in time to get some whales to talk to a probe that's destroying uh, Earth. That's that's it. Mm-hmm. There it is. Spoiler alert. Uh, Alex, number one. My number one, and this movie is just brutal from beginning to end. And it's a tough watch also, but Children of Men. Ooh, that's a really good one. And they have a shortage of mothers. <laughs> and children. And children. Plenty of men, though, because a lot of them get killed. Yeah. That movie's awesome. And I just learned this when, spoiler alert, when the when the girl gives birth and he pops out that newborn, that's not like an animatronic or uh, certainly not a real baby or an animatronic. That's 100% CG. It's incredible. It completely fooled me. Oh, now you like CGI babies? What's going on here? Well, this one, yeah. <laughs> not Lucas CGI babies. <laughs> CGI babies. Um, but what's his name? The main guy. Owen. Shoot him up. Clive Owen. Clive Owen. Yeah, Clive Owen baby. Clive Owen baby. <laughs> that movie is all for me. It's like setting up the one scene where she brings out the crying baby and like war stops. <laughs> it's awesome. awesome yeah. Movie. Yeah, it's a all good right. movie. I should watch it again. Scott, number one. Uh, my number one is Spaceballs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and not something else that I bumped off for the Spaceballs. Spaceballs! <laughs> so the whole plot of the movie is they're trying to get air. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, four, five. That's amazing. It's the same combination as my luggage. What you got is what we need and what we do is dirty deeds. We're the Spaceballs! Spaceballs. Watch out! All right, does anyone have any honorable mentions? Scott? Uh, Fury Road. That's water. Yeah. 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 Instead of, that was more honorable. Instead of mention. gasoline. Instead of gasoline. Gasoline. Uh, Alex, any? Uh, I want to say District 9, but I don't think. I mean, I guess there's a shortage of space in South Africa, but only because they're racist. South Africa? Yeah. All right. Well, it's time for Alex Knows Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball? So, uh-oh. It's, it, there's early concerns for the Browns this season. <laughs> In football. Do tell. If you guys didn't know. Uh, yeah, fans are sick of them losing, and this is might hurt their chances to get into the Super Bowl after one game. You mean they're not going to go 0-16-0? <laughs> Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, That's my luck for the season. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Do you mean to say that the Browns are not going to win the Super Bowl? I'm I'm saying it right now. That's that's a risky proposition there, Alex. Mm -hmm. Because according to Browns fans... I haven't, I haven't seen someone go on a limb like that since, uh, what's his face, Check trying to get the Frisbee. Yeah. <laughs> like Tony trying to get the <laughs> the boomerang? No, uh, I, was, I was doing a old work joke. What was that guy? Since Prim yeah. was trying to get the Frisbee off the tree. And he almost, almost died. I forgot about that. Yeah, he almost died. That, that, you, mean, you mean that time when we almost all got fired and then probably we're going to have at least to face a civil suit later? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> the best case scenario. When he was climbing out on the on the branch, also the branch started cracking, and everyone's like, "No, no, no!" And then Eric's like, "No, you're good." <laughs> oh, oh man, that was great. Anyway, anyways, um, all right, time for Neem news. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. All right, uh, keeping it short on my end this week. I uh, just wanted to give a couple of reviews. On Amazon Prime, the long-touted uh, Carnival Row has finally landed. And I'm four episodes in, five episodes, five episodes in. And I like it so far. It's kind of weird. Um, it's, it's hard to describe, but uh, it's like an alternate world where there is like a like normal Western Europe, but there's also like a fairyland, a fey world that's been invaded and it's super violent and there's a lot of sex and, <laughs> and gore. Uh, it's got uh, Legolas and Cara Delevingne. And yeah, I kind of recommend mm-hmm. it so far. Um, cool. Definitely, it was hard to tell from the trailers, you know, yeah, what the, 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 heck the it was at least with the tone, yeah, what it's about, what the tone was. Yeah, um, it's definitely gets pretty dark. Uh, I I wouldn't say it's great, um, but there's some interesting stuff going on with it. Uh, enough that uh, I'll eventually finish, power through it, and then um, something that I've been meaning to watch for some time. I finally did was Juliet Naked. Uh, this is the film adaptation of the the same uh, book of the same name uh, by Nick Hornby, um, I'm a fan of his. Um, same author who wrote like about a boy, long way down, uh, Fever Pitch. Not the the British version, not the <laughs> Drew Barrymore, Jimmy Fallon one. Uh, and I enjoyed it. Uh, it was it was light. Um, wow, what's the dude's name? Uh, damn it. It is, it's Rose, mm-hmm. Rose Byrne and Ethan Hawke are the main characters. Uh, but the side character, the character of Duncan steals the show, and that's played by, fuck, I'll come back to him in a second. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, I recommend this as well. It's, it's light rom-com drama stuff uh, if you you know if you like Nick Hornby anyway um, High Fidelity another one by him uh, that, we, that we did on this podcast um, mm-hmm. that's basically all I wanted to go over before I die here uh, <laughs> Alex anything you want to talk about yeah I never saw this when it was on the air but I just started watching Veronica Mars with the missus that show is great Good writing, great characters. Uh, it's got the kid from Kazam as a cholo gangster who's very scary. I don't... You just put a bunch of words that I don't know. <laughs> uh, aside from that, I've also... Also, something that I should have gotten around to for a long time. I'm playing The Last of Us Remastered. Uh, I like their take on zombies because they're not really zombies. They're... they're Infected. Uh, it's... Yeah, they're infected. They still need 
they're still alive technically because you can take them out without having to shoot their faces off, which is kind of cool. I mean, that is still the most effective way to to kill the infected, but it, it's a good take. Uh, it's also one that's the scarcity is everything, especially duct tape. Jeebus H, I can't find duct tape for the life of me in this damn game. And you need that to put together everything. Hmm. Just like real life. Yeah. Say to you. Alright. There it is. Uh, Chris O'Dowd. That's who it was. If you don't recognize oh. the name, he's been in a ton of shit. But he's hilarious. Oh, him. Uh, <laughs> did you guys see... Um, this is 40? I nope. have not seen that. Okay. Well... Anyway, oh, he was okay. So he was the love interest in Bridesmaids. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, yeah, the, he is the hilarious. The IT crowd. The IT crowd. Yeah, that guy. He's funny. Okay. Funny guy. Uh, all right, Jeff. Anything you want to go over? Um, not much. Uh, if you happen to listen to the Jeff rant episode, um, D twenty three came out and had some start. Yeah, had some stuff from Marvel and. Dis- uh, Star Wars. Did you guys talk about that at all in the episode? Not really. That didn't air yet, so that everything's all weird. Nope. <laughs> nope. Okay. Um, yeah, just some stuff there. The Marvel stuff. I don't really know much that was really new there. There was a couple things, but for Star Wars, uh, they released kind of a new trailer for the movie. And there's some stuff with Dark Ray and whatever the hell that's supposed to mean. So that's yeah. interesting yeah. to see what happens there. Um, more more interesting though is the. Announcement of the Obi Wan Kenobi show coming to Disney Plus. So, I am looking forward to that. Kenobi. I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know if it's going to be just a strictly Obi Wan show. If it's going to be like like I kind of mentioned this in the other thing, is it going to be like a Tatooine show, and he just has you know some part to do with it along with Jabba and Boba Fett? I don't know. I'm just maybe I'm just throwing some stuff out. Maybe there. he just maybe he runs uh, a uh, a tavern like B. Arthur did in the Christmas special. <laughs> and it turns, well, she and was it turns, the, night, the night bartender. Yeah, and it turns into like cantina. Yeah, it turns into like cantina. Yeah, it turns into like yeah. Cheers, but with Star Wars and lightsabers. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> in fact, what Wait, I just said, is, what I just said, is better than what they're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you this: Do you want him to fight Darth Vader in this show? Do I want what? in the show? Yes. Uh, do you think no? Do you think there's a confrontation? He technically, not. technically, he already did. I know, but okay. Let me ask. You, this is I mentioned the thing. How does he know that uh, Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker? Because last time he saw Anakin, he cut his arms off and let him die die by the lava. They were together enough that they would recognize each other's midichlorian juice or whatever. Yeah, even in Star Wars. Uh, Vader says it's a presence I've not felt since. So it's a yeah, fam- familiar presence. Yeah, since when? Since they haven't. And Obi Wan no, movies tells. Just... How do they know all this until he's if he met him again? So okay, if the show, if the first, no, okay, you, if the, you know what? I think you got a point, Jeff. If the first yeah, season, of, if the first season of the show <laughs> just builds to the two of them meeting up and fighting again, and that's the whole point of it. That's actually well, that's okay. the whole point of the show. I don't know if that's the whole point of the show. Well, I mean, I'm the first saying... season, anyway. Before the driving, yeah. Like, that could be cool. Yeah, it could be cool. 
I'm just saying they could meet again, and that's where he finds out that Anakin is Darth Vader, and it comes to a draw. He can't finish the job, so he takes off or something. Or or maybe he does find out, so he goes to save him, save him and that's when he's like, oh, he's more machine now than man. Like, I don't know. It could work. If it's done right, it could work. That's all I'm saying. Um, but as I think we all, we all, none of us really like the prequels, but he is the best part of the prequels, so I'm okay with him yeah. in the show. Agreed. Um, yeah, that's it. And then the Mandal- more stuff for the Mandalorian, which I still think looks pretty cool. It's not, it, the trailer was cool just because it's got Werner Herzog in it. Like, yeah. It's so ridiculous mm-hmm. <laughs> that he's the. I guess he's the villain, but anyway, I like yeah, it's it. It's got one Carl Weathers. It's got it does have Carl yeah. Weathers. Yeah, between Carl Weathers and whatever Herzog, I'm willing to give it a shot. <laughs> Baby, you got blue milk going. <laughs> yeah, and IG88 or something like oh, question mark. Cool. Yeah, I've, I've <laughs> always wanted to see IG88 in full motion and stuff. Yeah, my yeah. I, I was talking about that chat with my boss, and he was like, he basically asked the same question. Like, was that him? Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's probably good. Like I said, I think it's IG-89 or something. I don't know. But it'll mm-hmm. be a... Uh, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm foolishly uh, optimistic. I don't know why. But I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward more forward to The Mandalorian than I am to the new movie, to The Rise of Skywalker. And I think I'm with you on that. Also, we get to find out that Wilro Hood's uh, Ice Cream Maker... Isn't the data core? It's actually uh, safe. I did hear something about that. Yeah. Mm, no. Thanks, Star Wars and character. No, it's an ice cream maker. No, it's confirmed. It's a safe. That's where I did hear. And it that's where, yeah, <laughs> that's where he put the data core in there, into the safe to keep it safe. Because when's the Wilro Hood show coming out? Damn it! Please don't. <laughs> nah, he should remain a mystery. Yes. Him and Boba Fett need to remain mysteries to me. Yeah, forever. Except, you know, Boba not so much anymore. I know, they already ruined that backstory. Um, Alright, that's all I got. So, oh, uh, oh uh, I don't think we really got into it with, oh, with, the, oh. with the delay, but uh, R.I.P. Spiderman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... Oh, yeah. So we, we, we said it, we, you know, we brought it up uh, in a yet to be released podcast but um i'm i'm kind of upset <laughs> yeah yeah this is a uh, kind of a huge bummer those those maniacs went and blew it all up i think that's what i posted <laughs> in, in group me when, the, when i posted the news yeah, but. shortage of humans yep this is how it starts sony disney cross swords and then armageddon yeah, these are just billionaires fight with billionaires trying to get more billions, and I don't care. I'm not yeah. going to get caught in their bullshit. But they had such a good but it thing sucks going. For the, for us, sucks for us fans. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. They finally yeah. got the X-Men and Fantastic Four, and they pull Spider-Man away. Damn it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure they'll, they'll like work out a deal or so, like a one-shot deal. Or whatever to have him still in some of the movies as like a side character, maybe. Once they uh, figure out they're not making money, they'll figure something out. Yeah. Don't want to take sides here, but it kind of sounds like Disney would be bullies in this whole negotiation. But I don't know. I don't but, know all the details. No, I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, yes, but also. 
I want Spider-Man. Yeah, I want I want <laughs> yeah. I want MCU Spider-Man. Damn it. Yeah. Sony, Sony Spider versus Sony. Yeah, they have. <laughs> so they got that going for them. Something that was completely outside of everything. So yeah, they're like, oh, we can do it now. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, that, I think that's that's it. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.